Hello and welcome into the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller, and as always, we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I'm delighted to be welcoming in a fellow coach to the show today in that of Q Williams, and I will get to introducing Q a little bit more in just a second, but to begin with, let me tell you all about careercompetitor.com. That's right, we are a full fledged performance coaching service. So much of the work that I'm doing now is geared towards optimizing those that are hungry enough, that want to strive towards their optimal self. And that is something that quite frankly, you have to want and need. You have to want and need it too. If you are that hungry, if you are that adamant and that ambitious about the idea of starting to perform at higher levels, then we need to find 30 minutes and have a free consultation. That's right, I'm giving 30 minutes of my time to you to sit down, to hear all about what it is in your life that you feel that you are just not quite hitting your potential. Again, that does not mean that we are failing. It just means that there is that desire and that awareness that we are capable of more. So why not reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com. That's steve at careercompetitor.com. And like I said, we can find 30 minutes where we can have a free consultation. You can tell me all about why it is you think performance coaching is right for you. And I can certainly address any concerns that you might have about going into a relationship like this with me and seeing the type of work that we can do together. I guarantee you, it will not be time wasted. It will be very much worth your while. And I look forward to hearing from you again, steve at careercompetitor.com. Now let's get to my guest for today. We are welcoming in Q Williams to the show. And as I already mentioned, Q is a fellow coach like myself. He is specifically a men's coach for athletes, bringing clarity, brotherhood, and accountability to men's deepest missions after sport. As the creator of the world-class method, Q is a leading authority on male athlete mental awareness. Now, ladies, if you're listening to this episode, do not just press pause, do not just press stop and go find a different episode or a different podcast right now because there is so much fantastic content in here for all people of all walks of life because we're about to get into some really beneficial content when it comes to you working towards your core self, your truest self. Now, my regular listeners will know that we are always working towards our optimal self on this show. And Q and I get into some content here today that the reason I believe it's impactful is that Q's method, Q's message here is one of taking time to reflect, is one of taking time to get as dialed in, as connected as possible with who it is we are and what our intentions are each and every day. Sometimes some of our greatest and truest of intentions can misguide us, can mislead us down a road, down a path that just simply isn't good for us. We get caught up in the idea of team, we get caught up in the idea of working towards an organizational mission, and before we know it, we lose ourselves in that process. So much of the work, so much of the message of Q's professional work is all about this very notion, taking time to reflect, taking time to make sure that we are remaining on course and on track with our greatest version of ourselves, and it's no longer becoming a detriment to who it is and what we do each and every day. So fantastic content coming your way here, people. 
be sure to be paying attention. Be sure to have a pen in hand. Trust me, I wrote plenty of notes here on this particular episode. So delighted to be welcoming in Q Williams to the Career Competitor Podcast, and I hope you all enjoy. Okay, well, I am delighted to be welcoming on Q Williams to the Career Competitor Podcast. Firstly, Q, how are you doing today, brother? Doing great, Steve. Great to be here and get to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've got some really fun, exciting, I believe, incredibly impactful content uh, that we're going to go into on this particular episode. But before we do that, I'd love for you just to introduce yourself more to our listeners, a little bit about your background and very much what you're doing today as well. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, Well, I really resonate with the career competitor mindset. Like, um, I got into the space of, you know, supporting athletes, you know, with life beyond sport and preparing emotionally and, and, and all those things, um, kind of through a backwards fashion, I, uh, through the back door, basically, I was, um, I was a two sport athlete all my life, um, from the age of seven, played two sports at Northwestern, played football and baseball. And I left sport thinking I knew what I wanted to do, but without any kind of roadmap for actually getting it done. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to do all these things. I, I got really passionate actually about the concussion problem and the mental health struggles that a lot of men were facing after playing football. And so I saw a need, you know, and I saw um, an opportunity really to support guys with something, you know, some provide some sort of answers because no one was giving answers at the time. This was back in 2012. Um, and actually there wasn't enough of a problem really that was being reported to support an answer. So I was like, well, I, I see the problem. Let, let me go try and solve it. So sure. um, yeah, um, but my entrepreneurial journey, you know, speaking from a career perspective, um, it, was, it was long. I, I spent a lot of time doubting myself, questioning my ideas, wondering or worrying what people would think if I started talking on this topic that was, you know, brushing up against the NFL and, you know, all these different governing bodies, you know, talking about this topic of concussion was just such a, a funky situation, you know, yeah. and I wanted to make sure I, I was be able to provide some sort of solution before I wanted to start talking about this. And so, um, yeah, I, um, I now focus on really the, the holistic life of a retired athlete and preparing for life beyond sport because i found that that's the really key component um that's the real controllable in the whole situation and it's not just former football players that are experiencing this but it's all athletes everywhere um you know we can talk about all the swimmers that have had you know the same sort of circumstance um so I, i work with athletes from across the board from across the world um and i just love really pouring into them and really helping them connect with their emotional self, connect with their, their deeper desires and purposes. Um, you can probably relate as a performance athlete that, you know, uh, sometimes our identity gets caught up in that and mm-hmm. we get caught up in the, in the results of the team and sometimes don't prioritize ourselves in the way that we need to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the big topic that's like at play these days. You know, I think the hidden opponent in many ways is um, how do I balance the team's needs Mm-hmm. And looking good in front of my team and coaches versus how do I balance my own mental and physical health? I think that's like one of the biggest questions these days for athletes. Yeah, for athletes and beyond. Uh, I, I think the 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 audience, let's say, the audience for hearing this type of content has grown and grown and grown, especially through the pandemic of mm-hmm. 
this identity crisis in a way that we've alluded that you've alluded to here and it there are so many extensions of that so-called identity crisis that people can start to go off in different directions some positive some not so much and where i would love to start with today is is very much what you just brought up there is this idea of trying to take what is important to you take take your individual needs maybe some of these ways that you identify with yourself and be able to look across and say these people that are around me on a day-to-day basis whether it be in a team format it could be in a competitive format whatever it may be these people that you are around each and every day how do I do what I need to do for me while at the same time facilitating all these different moving parts that are maybe going Mm -hmm. on around me as well it's one of the hardest things. And, you know, it was something that I really struggled with as an athlete myself. I was, I was loyal to a fault in many ways, you know, um, I'm very grateful. Um, you know, I, I had, I had a dad who saw the bigger picture when I was hyper-focused on the team and being a team player. Um, and at the time there was, there were a few moments in my young athletic career where my, my dad would kind of pull me out or like, he would talk to the coaches or um, I would change teams because of a certain situation. And I I didn't want to be that guy. You know, I didn't want to be the guy that hopped around teams and was, you know, always felt like I wasn't valued or I I was fighting against politics and sports. Mm -hmm. But when I really look back, I am grateful for my dad for that Um, because he showed me that, you know, um, you you do have to look out for, for yourself. And sometimes forcing something we find this in everyday life too sometimes forcing something in a relationship or forcing something on a team um doesn't serve you or the team you know sometimes what's best for everybody is to find a different match you know Mm. and i think so so many of us i I think a, a lot of you know present day kind of romanticism tells us that we we need to fix things. We need to we need to fix the you know the relationship we're in. We need to we need to make it work, right? Yeah. And I think that's obviously true to a point, right? But sometimes, sometimes you know, relationships don't serve us anymore. Positions don't serve us anymore. Career directions don't serve us anymore, and they don't serve the career either, you know. And so, I've found at least that a lot of athletes, myself included, you know, will stay the course just to say we're committed, just to say we're loyal, just to feel like we're doing right by ourselves. And, but really we're doing right by our ego, trying to look good, trying to look the part, trying to do everything right, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's the rabbit hole that some of us can get into. That's, that's stuck feeling where 10 years down the road, we realize, oh, wow, I've been living on other people's standards this whole time. I've been trying to look good. I've been trying to, to feel like I'm, I belong, right? Mm. Without balancing my own needs, without balancing, you know, who I really am and how I can align that best in the world. Yeah, that's a really interesting balancing act in many ways. It's, yeah. it's just that ability to say, okay, on this given day, which way am I going to lean? Am I going to lean towards my individual needs? Am I going to maybe lead towards the mission at hand the the loyalty to use your word like do i do i double down on my loyalty today Mm -hmm. do i 
put myself in a position where I'm more available today as opposed to taking care of what's important to me. Yes, right. athletes 100%. They, any athlete listening to this is resonating with everything you're saying. They've all been in that scenario where on any given day, they are putting themselves in a situation that they may not necessarily believe is right for them, but they're doing yeah. it to remain loyal to the cause. That is a very right. normal day-to-day yeah. scenario for an athlete to encounter. The question is, when you leave that environment as an athlete and you move into the real world, how much of that are you still going to do? So yes. with that in mind, what does that look like for the work that you're doing with these clients now where you are having to get them to look through a lens that they might, they might, they may not even know what the lens is to be looking yeah. through, never mind how to actually look through it. So just talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I have a few ways that I like to bring athletes back to like their core identity, I call it. You know, yes. because, you know, you can probably resonate with this as an athlete. There was probably a an age that came about maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Right. For a lot of us where we realize, oh, wow, I have a gift and I'm getting acknowledgement for that gift for, for swimming well for for me. It was, you know, throwing really <laughs> fast. Um, I didn't even know I was good at throwing a baseball until I got into an organized team and all the coaches were like huddled up behind me. And I realized, oh, wow, these coaches are giving me attention. <laughs> you know, but yeah. like if you really freeze time in that moment, right, things did change for me. Things shifted and my trajectory followed that acknowledgement, that attention. Oh, I want to grow this. I want to embrace this. I want to, you know, be useful. And I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm not saying there, that this is this is a bad thing. I just think there's toxic traits of everything. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. everything is good in moderation yeah. we do want to fit in we do we do we're social beings that's how we we live life um we do want to be useful i think at the end of the day as athletes and as people um but i was useful at a lot of different things back then it wasn't just sports i was actually a useful artist i love creating art i love drawing i loved you know all of that i wanted to really expand on that i love music i was so fascinated by music I had such a diverse music um, interest Mm -hmm. at that young age. And, you know, uh, when I really think about it, I was way more than just an athlete and we, we all really are. And so what I like to bring athletes back to, you know, post-sport when they start thinking about life beyond sport, I ask a powerful question. If you were to give a Ted talk today, what would you give a Ted talk about? And if you had to answer that question, like, you know, it really boils it down. Like, what's the message I want to give to the world? It's almost like, what's my legacy in a way? Yeah. It really has you think about what's really important to me. And what do I believe that hasn't been said yet or hasn't been said in the way that I want to say it? Right? Yeah. I and, love that. And, you know, for me, like, um, I think in the same way, um, you know, forming a podcast that you're passionate about. Um mm-hmm. I know some athletes will start podcasts while they're still playing just to see what kind of interest they can spark up, see what, right. see who they're drawn to interviewing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same sort of thing. That's that's kind of like giving a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. You're talking about things you're interested in, you're curious about. And mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to, that question of like, what would your TED Talk be? It's a great way to really cultivate who you really are and what you really stand for. Um, simple little tool that I like to use. Yeah, and 
it's hard for me to answer because I I probably have like a full volume. I I, I have. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know, me like too. A, a biography. I got to get. There's so many things I want to get across. Um, mm -hmm. but I do see how someone who is very much in transition, um, from those college years or whenever they're coming out of sport, for instance, um, you know, going into that new area, that new environment for themselves, how trying to pinpoint an area that they would want to present regarding themselves in relation to their beliefs and something that people would know them for or the, the legacy that they would leave that, that that's going to be difficult that's going to challenge them and i'm sure you get a few uh a few crickets at first when you ask that question oh yeah <laughs> yeah thank you 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 do get crickets but in like the most the sweetest way you know sure. it's kind of like that calm before like you know a big play on the field right mm -hmm. like you know something's brewing and then when they when they get it when they 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 figure out what it is like they're they light up mm -hmm. you know like you see their face light up um and um like like you said you know you might have a million ted talks in in your your repertoire right when i thought about like what i wanted to do beyond sport trust me i had the whole gambit out there i right. i literally wanted to be a rock star because of my passion for music i, sure. I wanted to be an author because i love mm -hmm. writing and i i'm good at writing mm -hmm. um i wanted to be a podcast host i wanted to um, lead courses i wanted to solve the cte problem right. um like it was all across the board there were so many different things like when my coach first had me listed out there were like a hundred things i wanted to do mm -hmm. i call it like a bottomless bucket list of your career Right. Like just write out all the things. If you had unlimited time and unlimited versions of yourself, what would you do in your life? Right. A bottomless career bucket list. Mm -hmm. And the best thing he ever had me do was just start crossing things off and saying, those are for later, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. What yeah. is What's the Ted talk of today? Really? Right. What he was asking me. And so mm -hmm. it came, came down to, to me doing what I'm doing now, which is just focusing on serving directly to to athletes and student athletes yeah i love that realization i love casting the net as wide as it can possibly go to begin with and then just continually shrinking it more and more and more until you find yeah. a, a you know a landing point that works for you and it, and it very much goes back to that word of being useful that you used before and i love that mm -hmm. because there's certain words I'm, I'm a big word guy and i think people yeah. will use specific words at specific times for specific reasons and, and in your mm -hmm. case that story using a word like useful and going and then taking that and bringing it into this scenario where you're working with an athlete for instance and saying give me your ted talk their silence in many ways is them discovering what they're useful at and i think yeah. that that is beautiful like that you talk about the sweetness and the the kind they they, they um you know just the the gen, the genuine situation that that is when someone's going through that crystallizing moment they yeah. are being you're you're in that moment you're forcing them to speak out and say this is where i can be useful and that mm. is empowering that is uplifting that is a process that Again, athlete or not, it doesn't matter what your background is. If you're someone who's just simply in a rut or feels like life has kind of come to some sort of predictable standstill and you just want that light, that that fire within you, which is what this show's all about, what an awesome exercise. Stop. And if yeah. you were put on a stage in front of a thousand people right now, what message can you deliver that shows how you are useful in what it is you mm -hmm. do? I, I mean, I, I absolutely just love that message and that exercise 
Yeah, I, I have to I have to thank my my old coach Zach Smith, um, who actually does a lot of personal development work in the corporate space. Mm. Has a lot of like big you know big clients, especially here on the West Coast. Um, supports corporations across the country, really. Mm. Um, so I really credit him with that with that question because it's mm-hmm. been foundational for me, and I've passed it along. Um, but yeah, I I think that uh, that that term useful. I agree. I'm also like a very language based person. Like, I think we all use words for reasons It usually speaks yeah. to our subconscious. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've landed on that word useful. I think that really true belonging is feeling useful. It's feeling like we we matter. Right. Like we have a purpose. And I work mostly mostly with guys. I work with all athletes. But, you know, I, I love working with men because um, because of that, because men especially um, rely so much of our so much of our, our worth and our self value comes from feeling useful. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes to a, a, you know, to a detriment, right? We focus so much on quote unquote, the doing of life. Absolutely. And we always feel like we have to be useful. I always have to be producing and, you know, producing and providing that's sort of like the, you know, the quote unquote masculine thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to remind men, especially that and athletes, I think, tend to lead more uh, masculine driven lives, right? Like sure. masculine energy wise, right? Yep. Um, more direction oriented. And I try to remind athletes and men to tap into more of their their feminine side, right? The, the, the parts of them, themselves that are more autistic, that are more um, expressive, that are more flowy, um, that are more nourishing, you know, and that can be tough for an athlete to tap into. And I think the more we do, the more balanced we become and the less we have to focus on doing, doing, doing to feel worthy. And we can actually rely on who we've been all along, which is really where the juice comes from. You know, like that's where the the good stuff is. Um, And everything we do is just an expression of that. Yeah, I love that. And I think for me, and this is, you know, full transparency, a big part of why I moved out of swim coaching was mm-hmm. my inability at times to really feel like I belong because swimming wasn't my life because I'd, I'd made a conscious effort for it not to be my life. And it mm. was part of my message that I was always trying to share with athletes was be more than this sport. Like, don't just let yourself be defined by this sport. There's so much more that you have at your disposal. For me, yeah. I would tell stories about my childhood of growing up and being in theater as much as I was swimming. And swimming eventually took over. And I always joke about being a failed actor. Um, but at the same time, for me, it was, it was this podcast was born out of me satisfying that itch, like saying like, okay, yeah. I, it's been going for four years now. Like I was, I was doing this long before I stepped away from coaching. And I just said, there's a part of me that is there for the world to get to know in a completely different role in a different light that I'm not honoring right now that I'm not, I'm not pursuing that creative juice to use your word. Like there's, there's that creative energy that I have that I feel like is being limited by this world that I'm existing within right now. So by opening up this door to podcasting, I was immediately being more creative and satisfying. Like I said, that, that failed actor in me that from my childhood, uh, you know, and it's, it's possible. And I think that's the message that people need to hear right now. It's possible. It's not unrealistic. It's actually incredibly realistic if we prioritize it. It is. And, and I think um, there's so much I can go into there because like, I actually think that, you know, having 
pursuits outside of sports or having other sports as interests. Like for mm-hmm. me, it was football and baseball. Of yeah. We've talked about this before. I think that's, that's a performance enhancer. When you are able to tap into your creativity outside of sport, how does that impact how you show up in the pool? Mm-hmm. How does that impact your creativity when you coach? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, um, how does, how do you approach a problem differently yeah. um, from that space? And that, that comes back to that masculine feminine balance. I think when we have that, um, we focus, you know, from a coaching perspective, maybe this, this was true for you. I don't know if it was, uh-huh. um, you know, a lot of coaches can be masculine dominant, like needing to control a situation or, you know, put our force onto a situation and, and, you know, get people to think a certain way. Right. 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 A masculine expression of that same thing would be, um, inspiring them, mm-hmm. you know, finding inspiration and, and telling them why. Yeah. you want these things and what the deeper purpose and the, the the meaning behind it all is and letting them come to their own conclusion right mm-hmm. yeah. it's more of a surrender and a faith that the team is going to rise to the occasion yeah mm-hmm. and those are two different coaching styles we all know that right mm-hmm. yeah but they, they have different energies and i think when you can you can express yourself outside of sport it becomes a performance enhancer on on the field it allows you to show up in different ways and have more tools in your tool belt Mm-hmm. You know, so and we've I think we we talked about some preliminary um, studies around this showing that, like, there are there are benefits to like there's a statistical benefit to this. Right. Um, and having, so much of it. So much of it comes back to that authentic energy, you know, and I think that yeah. that authenticity of being able to show up in your truest form each and every day is always going to optimize performance. It doesn't matter what world you're walking into each and every day if you can be the closest thing to your authentic self and that usually means satisfying these energies away from these worlds when you're not there for for, for me i think about since i started this podcast i've become a father a husband i've become uh, so many so many other things in my life and those have added to my energy those have added to my being but at no point when i was swim coaching was i walking in and leaving all those things at the door to be yeah. the swim coach. I was just letting them flow and add to me. And I even have yeah. some athletes from five or six years ago and be like, there's Steve before he met his wife. And then there was Steve after he met his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, it's like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. And you know, so, but it, it's so true. If we're, if we're allowing these influences and these experiences within our worlds to add to who we are, as opposed to just be a part of us. And then we limit them to the rest, to, to all these other dimensions within our within our day to day, then we're just selling ourselves short. We're leaving ourselves ever so slightly short in terms of actually being at our optimal self, and that in itself yeah. is really the crime. That's where we have to avoid and work on these types of things that you're talking about. Yeah, well, it, I love that you went there because that was my second kind of direction I wanted to go with this mm. is because it's a performance detractor when we're inauthentic to ourselves. Absolutely. It, and it, it, it causes injury, you know, like let's think of the source of, of, of injury. Often it's actually stress in the body, which means there's stress in the mind. Mm-hmm. And so when you want to be, you know, become a better, more long longevity focused player, um, you want to have alignment and you want to have less stress and showing up to, you know, the pool every day, feeling like you're living a lie, you're not showing up authentically. You're not showing up as your version of a swimmer. You're showing up as the team's version or, you know, what you think will be accepted. 
that I think is going to show up on the field. It's going to show up in your body. It's going to show up in your mind. And it's, um, it's a performance detractor. And by the way, it is, it, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It just sucks. You know, it is, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not fun. And Mm -mm. I've had like little snippets of this, like even when I was working in a corporate career, like it was great, you know, But I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was just, you know, chomping at the bit to do it. Just didn't have the resources, didn't have the know-how, made all these excuses why I wouldn't do it. And I stayed there for five years longer than I had planned. Mm -hmm. And um, those five years, while they were fun and I got a lot of acknowledgement and kind of like in sports, like, you know, I went up the ranks and I earned more titles and I got acknowledgement and praise, but it wasn't the praise that I really wanted. You know, and so every time I would get it, it's like, okay, cool, this is great, but like something never felt right. And that actually led to me being really resentful in my job. Like that that led to me being, you know, frustrated more at my boss for making decisions that really like if I was passionate about the work, I would I would have could have cared less. And that, right? that resentment is the injury. That's that's the injury right there. It is. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's that's the injury, not just to you, but to the team, you know, 100%. And I, I yeah. think that is that's what I love about this conversation so far is that it's so applicable. It should resonate with anybody listening to this because you've all been in that situation. I refuse to accept that no one some people have never been in this type of situation. We've all yeah. experienced this to some extent in our life, whether it be as an athlete, or whether we've never even touched a playing field of any kind. It, it's, it's irrelevant that there's a, there is this version of ourselves that is our authentic self, that is our truest self, that we have the ability to bring within reason. You know, I'm not saying you just show up to an office job in board shorts and just <laughs> right. hey, this is life is too good to to be dressed in a suit right now. Like within reason here, people. Um, but at the same time, there there is this energy, and we we'll keep going back to that word. There's this energy that we can bring that should never be stifled because we're having to conform in some way to the missions and beliefs of someone else that takes away from us being at our best. And that's the part that people need to understand is that getting in line, it doesn't really make sense if it's going to come at a hindrance of who you are in in terms of your true potential. Right, exactly. And we we see that everywhere, right? And by the way, it almost becomes normal. It's become normalized in especially American culture, you know? Just that grind culture, just focusing mm-hmm. on the doing, like we talked about before, and mm-hmm. getting praise for that, and you know that leads to epic burnout in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not just the way that employees are treated in this country; it actually has a lot more to do with alignment with your core values and what you really want in life, um, and often career choice, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that runs rampant. You know, we, we make those choices because we think we're supposed to mm-hmm. often, often we do. So, yeah. And I, again, just sticking with the, the idea of it being an injury. And I want this to be as, as uh, I want this to resonate with as many people listening to this as possible. So mm-hmm. whatever your career may be right now, just sort of look at say the last five years if you've been in this if you've been at this company for five years if you've been on this career trajectory for five years throughout those five years have you been able to say wholeheartedly that at no point anything you've been doing has been a performance detractor you've experienced burnout you've had a loss of purpose you've resented what it is you're doing like these are injuries from the workplace that we're talking about Mm -hmm. here 
if you can say wholeheartedly, no, I love what I do and I don't experience any of that, then awesome. You are singing from the hymn sheet that Q is presenting right now and that's what this is all about. But if you do relate to that, if you do hear those sort of injury reports, let's say, and just go, yeah, that kind of that kind of resonates with me. I probably experience at least one of those on a day-to-day basis. Then this is a good time to even give this exercise first and foremost of, of doing the TED Talk a go, but at the same time considering what am I what am I missing here? What is it about me that I'm missing that I'm not able to bring to the surface? And out of curiosity, Q, just with the work that you're doing now over the last year or two, what beyond that exercise of the TED talk, like what is your sort of typical approach or what what do you see as being the typical road to truly optimizing people's sort of self-worth and, and, and their identity? What yeah. what do you see that journey looking like for the average person that you work with? Yeah, that that's great. Um I'll I'll go down one more direction, kind of like, you know, spoke on the wheel. I think this yeah. is a really key one. It's foundational. Um we talk about that fire, you know, like mm. the part of ourselves that maybe hasn't been expressed in a while. That's still a spark in there, you know, but it hasn't fully lit up. We haven't given it any gas, mm. you know, to fully light up. And when it comes to finding that, there's there's a lot of ways to do it. And I think the TED Talk is one of them. Another way that I love to help athletes and men tap into that is realizing that a lot of their desires and passions and wants, they have sacrificed those. They've, they've put them in the closet for the last several years and they've just ignored them for a little while. And so that's the same thing as, you know, numbing out the pain of a knee injury with, you know, Toradol or with, uh, you know, with ibuprofen and just going out and playing. You do it when you need to, right? You do it when, when you have to. Um, but that numbing is going to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. The numbing is going to catch up and it's going to lead to further injury potential, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's going to limit your long-term success. So in order to even cultivate that, we kind of have to shut ourselves off from the numbing techniques. We, we got to cut off the Toradol. We got to cut off, maybe it's the alcohol or um, maybe it's the, the addiction to your phone and kind of always being on, right? I have to force guys and athletes to slow down. And more importantly, I have to help them tap into their emotional state because just like that pain, a lot of us have cut off our, ourselves from the emotions that we experience that all of us experience, you know, and a lot of us are afraid of those emotions because we haven't experienced them in forever. We're, we weren't the crier on the field, you know, we weren't that kid yeah. and that served us on the field or in the pool because we, 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 we got further because we were able to stuff that down. Yeah. When it comes to finding your purpose, you got to know what your emotions are, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're, when I ask you that TED Talk question, you're just going to stare at me, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And some, some people do. They're like, I don't even know where I would start, man. Like, exactly. I, don't even, I don't even know what I would say, you know? And that's, that's a result of all that numbing, right? Because we have so many tools to, to do that these days. There's so many ways to do it. It could be your phone. It could be, um, it could be staying busy, like I mentioned. It could be... Um, a current job that you're in, you know, blaming blaming the, the current role you're in. Like, I don't have enough time to focus on this. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, I like to bring men and athletes back to their emotional state. So I have them 
Um, focus on the five main emotions for me. There's a lot of different vocabularies out there, but you know, joy, shame, anger, fear, and sadness, and try to tap into those. And and if you're having a current experience, like I try to get people to slow down and actually feel what they're feeling mm -hmm. in any present moment. Like right mm -hmm. now, I'm feeling very joyful. I'm feeling, I'm feeling very prideful. I'm feeling very excited. I and in my body, I can feel that in my chest. I feel it opening up. Right. I feel actually cold in my in my hands. Mm -hmm. um, I feel a little bit of heat rising in my face. Mm -hmm. um, and if you look at a display of emotions, like there's, there was a study done, I think, at uh, one of the California state schools here. Um, there's a diagram of every human emotion on the physical body, and there's a connection that's made. So um, anger shows up as, you know, heat in, in the fists and heat in the face and the chest. Right. It's like, you know, and you can feel that when you're angry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I like to connect. Um, people to those feelings in their body so they can identify their emotions in a moment and they can say, okay, this is something I want. This is something I'm excited about. Right. Yeah. And they can tap into that. This is something I don't want. I'm feeling angry about this. I'm feeling shameful about my choices here. I'm feeling, you know, fearful that this isn't going to work out. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes fear is a tool. Well, we yeah. can talk more about that, but totally. um, th those that's that vocabulary is paramount for athletes. I think to really, cultivate true purpose. Yes, 100%. And uh, I always like when people back up what I get to share with my own clients. Um, because one of my favorite things I get to say to my clients is our, our body is our greatest voice. You know, yeah. our body, our body is our greatest voice. If, we, if we're truly willing to listen to it, it's actually giving us a ton of answers. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of the times, the, you know, to use that example, what you just said there, like fear can be something that's really useful, but it can also be obviously one of our greatest weaknesses. And if we're scared of what our body is telling us, then suddenly yeah. we can uh, we might not want to listen to it as much. Um, so yeah. it's, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I, I use, I consider emotions like telephone calls. There's a great um, old Zen parable um, about um, emotions kind of being like telephone calls for some of the younger generation you don't even know what a telephone call is but imagine <laughs> there's there's a phone ringing and it's ringing off the hook and your ringtone is actually on and you're just avoiding the phone call constantly you know if you are um blaming the phone for ringing that is shame and guilt you're blaming yourself for even feeling emotions mm. if you are you know you get mad every time the phone rings you know and you throw it across the room that's anger you're just reacting to your emotions mindlessly. You're not really taking in the information that that anger or that fear has for you. Because the fear, like we said, like it is, a, it can be a tool. We don't want it to drive us, but we do want to know what the fear is about, right? And ask ourselves, like, really, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, if there's an athlete or or someone in their career here who wants to think about starting a podcast, for instance, um, or going down a different route. Um, and they're afraid, you know, they're, they're feeling that anxiety. That's, that's fear, by the way, yeah. anxiety is usually fear. Um, I asked them like, what's the worst that could happen? And they'll laugh at first, but then I actually asked them like, no, no, like actually what's the worst thing that could actually happen? Like the, right. the absolute worst case scenario, like this totally fails. You look like an idiot. Um, you know, like no one listens to you. You lose your job because of it. You go homeless and they keep going on this like this like long spiral sure. of thoughts and then they find out what their deeper core fear is mm. and often they realize how unrational that is 
Yeah. Right. That makes sense. And how unlikely that is. Right. But it, it is really powerful to actually ask that question and get there to realize that the fear is really just your ego kind of trying to keep you safe, you know, in most cases, right? Sometimes fear is a good thing, but right. Like usually it's just limiting us. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is one of those wonderful episodes where I could quite easily speak to you for, for, for a couple hours at a time and we would just keep going down all these rabbit holes. But I, I, I do want to, I do want to sort of bring this to a point in terms of being able to close it with true guidance in terms of that, like, because there's been so much content here in terms of, yeah. hey, listen, you know, if you've picked up on as much of this as possible, and I always, always do my, my page assessment at the end of episodes, and when my page is as full as it is on at this <laughs> current moment, um, it means that the episode was jam packed full of great content. So with that being said, I, I'm a huge believer, and as I'm sure you are, the the ability to have action steps to take to take some sort of action and if you're listening to yeah. this and you've heard so many different philosophies and different ideas and different notions it could be almost overwhelming so if if i pass it over to you and say q if someone is feeling so much of these things that we're talking about on this particular episode if there was one initial step that they could take to to feel better about this situation and certainly feel as though they're moving towards a solution in your opinion, what would that be? Oof. That, that's a tough one. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a guy who plays favorites. Um, but the, the thing that's coming to me right now is a first step is I use a formula called the rock formula founded by Owen Marcus. Um, he's a really incredible men's emotional literacy uh, teacher. And he has a formula called the rock formula. R stands for relax. The next step is open up to your emotional experience, O, and then connect. It's, it's share that with someone um, or share that with like a journal at least, mm -hmm. right? Like just get it down on paper, get it out of your body and you know, get it out there um, and create some intimacy with yourself or someone else. And I think that's really the best thing I, I can offer mm -hmm. is, and I think what that looks like for everybody, relaxing is going to look different for everyone, mm -hmm. you know? Think about what makes you feel the most relaxed. Maybe it's getting out in nature, taking a hike. Maybe it's um, maybe it's meditating. Maybe if you don't like meditation, try breath work. It's a great alternative, and it actually gets you quicker into a meditative state. Yeah. Um, so try some Wim Hof, something like that. Um, but everyone has their own form of meditation. It could be running, but find some way to slow down, mm -hmm. um, and then open up to these emotions. Use those five main emotions: joy, shame, anger, sadness, and fear and see what you can tap into. You might experience all of them or just one of them or a few, right? We can experience more than one at once. And um, I would say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw in one more there. I, I would move your body a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like see what that, that emotion has to say. Like really like what is, what is, pick up that phone basically and pick your body up and move it around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I feel angry, I'll, I'll go, you know, punch a pillow. I'll go scream into a pillow. I'll, I'll yeah. do that. I, I talk a lot about that on social media. Mm -hmm. I, I think we, we got to process those emotions to see what's under it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think in, in the, my own rock formula is R O move <laughs> and then see <laughs> romp. That's what it would Ronk. be. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, quite sound as smooth though. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but then the last step would be go, go and share that with someone, you know, you know, create, um, lead with the emotion, not what you want to change or what's be, what's wrong. Leave with the emotion. Um, 
don't go tell someone like you made me angry. Mm-hmm. Say I'm feeling sad, and that was that's being expressed right now as anger. But I'm feeling yeah. hurt right now, right? Yeah, yeah. that goes really far. Um, no, I know I that doesn't it. that doesn't fully align with like the the, the topic right now. Uh, Career wise, it would take a different shape. Yeah, but, but I but I I really like it because. It, what we've talked about here, Q, is is the human being. We've talked about the person behind the job. But if, if if this is a CEO listening to this, we're talking about you, the person that you look at in the mirror every morning, not the person that your subordinates are looking at every single day. And the same goes yeah. for an athlete and whatever it may be. And I think that's a a great exercise that really humanizes this whole thing that we're talking about. How do you make this about you in a way where you are getting is it? in tune with your authentic self as possible. And uh, mm-hmm. I think this exercise is a really nice surface level, easy, give it a go, see how it feels. Um, and again, uh, with with that sort of exercise too, it's uh, there's a safety to it as well. If, if you are someone that really is fearful in going down this type of rabbit hole, this is a really nice introduction to something like that where you can feel quite safe in doing so and uh, mm-hmm. just learn something from it, hopefully in the process. And again, if it is just a surface level thing that you find out about yourself, then at least it's something. It gets you moving in that direction that, we, uh, that we're that we talking about right now. But man, like I said earlier, Q, I, I, I could talk to you for a while and we'll probably, when we press stop, keep talking a little bit too. Um, but at the same yeah. time, man, I just, I'm so appreciative of your time today. Uh, I'll be leaving everybody with all the information where they can find out more about you, et cetera, when we're done here. But at the same time, man, I'm just uh, just so thankful for your time, so thankful for this opportunity. And, and I know for a fact that there's people listening to this that are going to be benefiting from it so much. So thanks again for your time, brother. I, I really appreciate it. I've absolutely loved it. This has been so much fun. Uh, I could talk to you for hours. So um, <laughs> let's do more of this. I appreciate it, Steve. No doubt. Appreciate you, man. And my thanks again to Q for joining us on the show today. So much incredible content, like I said, there would be at the outset. And I mentioned there at the beginning, too, that need to to take time to self-reflect. But let's make it super simple. Let's slow down. Let's find time to slow down. Let's find time just to press pause once in a while, to dial in with yourself, to get to your core, to get to your center, and just check in. Say, am I being my truest self right now? Am I having to give up too much of myself in order to do what's maybe being asked of me by the team or maybe what I feel is being made of asked of me? Sometimes that slowing down can allow us to actually readjust our perception, how we are interpreting things. And that in itself can really start to help you become more aligned with maintaining this version of yourself that you are most comfortable with and also remaining true to the mission, to the expectations of what's going on around you if you are working within a team environment, for example. And I'm not going to go into too much more detail than that because quite frankly, as long as you were paying attention, there was plenty of detail within that discussion. Sometimes I like to go into all sorts of ideas and thoughts based off our discussion. But today I'm going to keep it simple. Slow down. Find time for you. Find time just to reflect and to absorb what is happening in your day in your life and I'm sure there's going to be some answers there that can really help you with so much of what we've discussed here on this particular episode so again my thanks to Q for joining us really appreciative of his time certainly appreciative of his insight and I encourage everybody to make the time to slow down today and to do some deep diving some thoughts some reflection 
on how you can do a better job at remaining true to yourself. I know I'm going to spend some time doing that after this episode myself. With all that being said, we have so many more interviews lined up right now on the show. I'm diving into some really fun content as well on my competitive call. So make sure you are not skipping or missing any episodes coming up. And in the meantime, guys, keep up the fantastic work. Be sure to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com to just introduce yourself. Maybe you're not looking for coaching right now, but you'd like to connect and and just introduce yourself and, and make some time to discuss maybe some of the thoughts and ideas that we've been presenting on the show lately. Whatever it may be, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me again, steve at careercompetitor.com. If you're listening to us on Apple, click that fifth star on the review section before you go. Every single one of those clicks makes a huge impact towards the growth and the popularity of the show. So I'd really appreciate that. And in the meantime, keep up the great work. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.